just met someone and the conversation leads to the inevitable question. So, what do you do? A simple question calls for a simple answer. But what if your answer is never simple? What if your answer defies the societal norms? What does career happiness mean to you? This show dives into convention-breaking career choices, uncovering narratives of working professionals, and creating a space for those who wish to pursue their passions. This is So What Do You Do? Welcome to So What Do You Do? Today in the studio, we have Corey William Schneider. So Corey, what do you do? Well, thank you for the invitation into the, the holy grail of the studio <laughs> down in the sub-level of uh, five university. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in a nutshell, so I run an organization called New York Adventure Club. Uh, we create and curate unique experiences in and around the city from behind the scenes tours to social events like whiskey tastings or murder mystery series. Uh, and it's really intended to connect people who live here uh, with the interesting people and places that uh, truly represent the identity of New York. Just to back it up a little bit, can you tell us a little more about yourself and maybe your background? Definitely. Uh, so I grew up in a small town called Bedminster, New Jersey. Uh, now it's on the international map, as we were discussing before. Uh, Trump National is uh, <laughs> only a couple uh, couple streets away from my where my uh, where my parents are. And it's just it's it's odd for a little sleepy town to be in the in the international news for better or for worse. I went to college at American University uh, in Washington D.C., uh, and then I I moved here. And my first job here was working at at Time Inc. Awesome. So, what would you say are three adjectives that would describe yourself? I'd say curious, mm-hmm. uh, optimistic, and persistent. I think those would be three but that tomorrow next week that might change <laughs> those are great ones, that's though. a great one yeah. so you were mentioning that you went to american university in washington dc and then you moved to new york to work at time inc what was it like learning from those past experiences to create new york adventure club definitely uh so there's the experience that i got on the job itself so i worked there for a little over four years uh, my first role was in acquisition uh, marketing. So I was a consumer marketer. I was part of the acquisition team. So creating these mass marketing campaigns to get new subscribers. Uh, and I worked on the news titles, Time, Money, and Fortune. Uh, and then I transitioned uh, to the retention team. So now my job was to retain all of those uh, different people. And there's hundreds of different buckets, different segments that you had to uh, uh, keep renewing to the magazine. And then the last year, uh, I was there. I was on a team called Paid Content Strategy. So you know, the experience I got there, of course, was a corporate. You know, was was on the mass marketing side. Uh, you know, Time Inc. created mass marketing. Uh, mm-hmm. They created you know the ability to send mail to everyone's houses and have it customized to your to your to have your name in there, et cetera. You know, that didn't exist before Time Inc. Kind of helped me understand like how to how to do things properly. Uh, and that goes just for like a, a corporation. Now, you know, while we always vilify corporations, they have format, they have structure. Right. And so you learn how roles are divvied up. Um, you know, when you have hundreds of people, what do you have those hundreds of people do? And how does it filter down? Unknowingly, these are things I would think back on when I started my own, what a hierarchy looks like and what are those job roles that I should be doing? And when you're starting a startup, you're doing all of it. So yeah. 
you know, you know, you can't do the best possible job at every component, but you hope that I know who I would need and exactly what they would do. So you know, different perspective. I know that the New York Adventure Club actually started from a Facebook group page. Can you elaborate more on the process of how you went from small scale to large scale? Definitely. Uh, so maybe I can tell you a little about the origin story, wh where it initially came from. So I moved to New York right after college in 2011 mm -hmm. to work at Time Inc. I joke I fell in the bubble. It's an overwhelming city. It's difficult to meet people. So you tend to stay in your comfort zone. Yep. And for that first year, I figured New York was just about restaurants, bars, and brunch because that's what my core friends were doing. And then just had one of those bad weeks. You know, work was tough and life was a little all over the place. And then that led to my early life crisis uh, right on cue. Uh, and I realized first I wasn't doing anything fulfilling in my spare time. And two, supposedly it's the greatest city in the world, but I didn't know anything about it. And I wanted to be an expert in something. So I created a self-pack that every weekend I would go out and do something, go somewhere, explore the city. I kept that up for around a year and a half. And when I came in on Monday, I didn't want my response to how was your weekend to be? It was good or I relaxed or nothing. I, mm -hmm. God forbid I, <laughs> God forbid that's the answer. Uh, even today, like it's, it's un unacceptable. So yeah, after that year and a half, I was having a great time, but it was still difficult convincing my friends to come out. Mm -hmm. you know, the idea of going to Flushing, Queens at 10 a.m. on a Saturday was not their idea of fun. <laughs> and they said, you're crazy. And I was convinced I am crazy, but whatever. I, I enjoy it. So I'm just going to do it. So I decided to then create a Facebook group for those friends. I figured maybe if I invite them all into one place, curate a weekly newsletter showcasing the interesting events going on around the city, that maybe they'll be a little more encouraged to, to come out. And this is late 2013. Unfortunately, uh, that didn't do much. I was speaking to myself in this little group. If you invited 20 friends you know, who didn't really care about something that you care about, then you experience the same effect. In early 2014, I was getting a little pretty, pretty frustrated that they didn't, they still didn't want to come out. So I decided to organize a private tour of an interesting place I had visited, but this time do all the work, buy the tickets, set the dates and the time. So all they had to do was show up and pay cash. I figured there's no way they could flake out of this one. And wary that they wouldn't sign up for this tour and I would lose a little money on it, I decided to write an article for a, a local blog in the city. I wrote the history of the place we were going to visit. And at the end, I said, join New York Adventure Club with a link to the Facebook group. And I was at work. I was at time on a Friday afternoon, just surfing the internet or working hard, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, people started joining the Facebook group. And by, you know, within an hour, 100 people joined the Facebook group, wow. asking how to get a ticket for an event I was not selling tickets for. So that was the catalyst that showed there were other people. It gave me the opportunity to create a physical community around the idea. Because up until then, there were all of these great websites and blogs that wrote about these interesting places, but no one was mm -hmm. going and, and doing it, trying to organize people to go and get access, uh, people in places that really define New York. And most importantly, not just any people, but people who live here. I feel it's been a neglected community, especially in, in tourism. You know, on the tourism side, it's all about getting people to New York for the first time, going to the yeah. Statue of Liberty. But when you've been here more than once or you live here and you've done that, you, you want to dig deeper. And that's the gap that New York Adventure Club is trying to fill. And so from, from that first day, I knew I wanted to have a very active community and I knew that to make this work I needed to have a lot of events um, so I just tried to at the, at the time it was setting a goal of at least one event a week back then I thought oh it's gonna be the same people doing it every week and I didn't want to do once a month because if you only go to an event once a month you're not really that connected mm -hmm. to that group but I thought it would be the same people now you know in hindsight didn't quite work out like that but that kind of helped set the precedent of what mm -hmm. it would become right 
That's really interesting yeah. because I guess when we came to NYU for freshman year, all we wanted to do was go to all these tourist locations. But now we're sophomores and we don't really know what to do. But it's so interesting that New York Adventure Club discovers all these undisclosed sites that nobody had heard about. Yeah, yeah and it's it's the mix of those of those hidden gems. Mm. Most people might walk by a hundred times and not realize what's on the inside. Mm-hmm. But then also experiences at familiar location, but creating an experience that, that's unique there oh, that you can't get on your own. So it's that it's that mix. It gets down to everyone's interests. Some people want to find those hidden gems. Some people want to do underground experiences. Some people want to do theatrical experiences. So important to kind of design it for everyone. Yeah, I guess based off of that, since the group is now so large, do you think there's a trouble for curating experiences for such a large group? And how do you think the community has evolved from the beginning to maybe the current day? Yeah, good question. So I'd say my focus is is the same from from day one. It's I need to get as many events on as possible. Uh, So from that once a week, uh, it's become around 10 a week. This is a mix of recurring events and also, of course, always adding new ones. And, you know, as fortunately or unfortunately, it's grown very steadily, very linearly. So that's allowed me to address challenges as they come up in a comfortable fashion versus if 11,000 people came in tomorrow, what that would look like. You know, when, when things grow slowly, you can respond to these challenges, So the challenges of you know, everything from up, I have to pay more to host a newsletter because there's more people on it to uh, I need enough events to meet demand uh, and I need enough diversity of those events to meet demand because not all it's like a movie studio. Not all events are created equal. I would love if uh, every event was sold out uh, <laughs> in all 10 a week. Like, let's let's do that. Unfortunately, that's not the reality. You have your host of events that clear winners. They sell out every time. Then you have the ones in the middle that are 50 to 80% filled. And then you have your events that, for one reason or another, are just not that attractive. And so you know, those are the ones that I'm always focusing on. How do we get more people to those? What about it is just not appealing? Because uh, every event I personally sign off on before it hits the platform, hits the site, because I want to, I want you to trust the brand. I want you to trust New York Adventure Club enough where you see an event and you know it's going to be a quality experience versus your traditional event discovery platform where they're just concerned about getting as many event organizers and producers on their platform so that they can make money off of ticket sale commission. You know, they'll they'll rely on a star rating to help dictate which ones are good or bad, but you know, the star ratings are misleading. Every event is different. For for one given event, every time you you repeat it, it's a different experience, right? The the people are different that are on it. It's possible you might have someone different leading it. The weather might be different. And so, you know, these will affect how people react to to an event. So I think it's important to before it hits my platform, I would make I would want to make sure it's it's a quality experience. You're going to walk away and it's not just going to be entertaining. Like I'm more into engagement. I want you to have learned something uh, on that experience and something that you actually you take away mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, it's something that defines your time in New York. So if it's a simple lecture, that's probably, you know, we, we don't have any lectures. It's, it's either going to be, you know, physical exploration or you know, it just needs to be exciting. And if it is a walking tour, it's someone who is really captivating or showing you things that you really didn't know and that you would want to show your friends and that you that makes you proud to live here. I love how usually there's like a tension between quality and quantity, but it feels like you have like a good intersection of both with your events. Yeah, I, I, well, then you could say there's an issue with, with the business side of it, right? Because it's, hey, I should, you know, I should be having a hundred events, a <laughs> hundred more events. But right. uh, so that's why, you know, it has taken time in regards to the, the number of people. Now that there's communities growing, it puts more pressure on me to 
find more events. And actually, that's where there's actually a backlog. I'm the only one on the back end, you know, putting this work together that I need to, I need, I'm the copywriter. You know, mm. I'm putting the, I'm launching that event page for the first time. And so the events are, the events are there. I just need to actually finalize them. And, right. and then uh, plus, you know, the, the most loyal adventure club members, you know, they've been on a lot of events. Some of them have been on 200 events. That's who I'm thinking of with every event. And fortunately, this is something I'm personally invested in too. So I'm the target market as well. So that helps me dictate what an event will look like and how to help curate it. You know, I'm thinking about those, let's say 50, 60 people who are the diehards. They, they are the community. They're the core community. Now there's 11,000 people. That doesn't mean every person has gone on 200 events. And so to be perceived as authentic and to have a real community, you need those, those individuals who want to come out every week. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you go to a social event or you go to a tour that you are meeting these people, are your biggest advocates, you know, in terms of getting new events, they're a huge, a huge driver with referrals or introductions or, or your new members. Mm -hmm. uh, and to clarify, New York Adventure Club is a public club, so there's no fee to become a member. A member is simply someone who signed up with the newsletter. We don't have a blog. It's all about events. So you wouldn't sign up for the newsletter unless you are interested in New York Adventure Club events and or events going on around the city because because that newsletter that it all kind of started as in that Facebook group that is still done every week and it has been done last five years. I think that's interesting that you touch on the personal challenges of being a business owner, but I'm sort of curious about the challenge right before you started New York Adventure Club. What was that like? What did you feel? Definitely. So the first two years of Adventure Club existed while I was still working at Time Inc. Uh, so it was very much a side a side gig. Mm -hmm. But it you know became more complicated a year or two when there's a lot more more people in the group there i was trying to get more events uh, and it was definitely conflicting with my full-time job which was paying the bills so i would organize it where as soon as i finished my work at time then i would focus on on adventure club so that i sometimes i had to be sneaky about it i mean you know my close colleagues and friends like they you know they knew about it and they you know, supported me but that was technically i was using the you know as a at the company talking on the phone about Adventure Club, like in a conference room, you know, keeping my voice down or you know, sending emails or doing the newsletter uh, at the, you know, at the same time. You know, I think that, you know, I think I gravitated toward New York Adventure Club because, uh, you know, first, yes, it was something that I had created, but it was, it was so clear to me, like, this is what, this is the direction I want to go in. And, you know, I wasn't finding that same passion with my my role there because there wasn't a lot, there wasn't a lot of room for creativity. And I think that's, that resonates today with a lot of people in, in, in a larger corporation where there's a lot of people to say no you know, to an idea and it's it's demoralizing and so when this thing comes around where I have complete control and I kind of see that where it can go no one's going to prevent me from working harder I told you I go into tangents so <laughs> circle back uh, so yeah so you know two years in I was juggling both you know I said to myself oh well you know, hopefully in the next year, Adventure Club will be making enough income where I could do that smooth transition to my startup mm -hmm. and happily ever after. In hindsight, that would never really happen because you it, it gets down to time. I just didn't have enough time to focus on New York Adventure Club mm -hmm. to really to build it into a business. Unfortunately, Time Inc. made the decision for me. That last job I mentioned, the paid content strategy team, they decided to nix it after around a year. I remember you know, being called in by my manager who sat me down and said, I'm, I'm really sorry, but essentially instructed to tell you that you've been, you know, you've been let go. And I remember sitting in the meeting knowing exactly what I was going to do next. And I knew exactly on the Monday morning after what I wanted to do. And 
I I think she was she was more affected than I was because I had been I've been preparing for this moment by my own control. Uh, I was I was surprised that it happened, uh, but it was it was what I wanted in the end because when you get laid off and we I'd worked there for a little over four years, I had severance. That that's a you know once in a lifetime opportunity. So, you know here's New York Adventure Club. It's two years old. It I see the potential, but now here's this three to four month you know, period where I will still get paid my, my normal salary and I need to get it working ASAP. And I, you know, I had, you know, I saved money as well. So I had probably until the end of, end of the year to, to get it going well enough so that it's at least supporting myself. It's keeping me afloat. So yeah, that smooth transition didn't quite happen, but uh, I, I'm, I am a, a quite risk averse. I wouldn't just quit my job because it's New York. Mm-hmm. You have your rent. Like, it's so expensive to live here. Like that's that's insane. Unless you had some extra money. When that happened, a do or die situation, and I was not going to let it die because this is something I I needed to do. It. You know, it's still a fragile system. Let's say I go on vacation for two months. There's no one else to book more events. There's no one else to keep it going. And that's the I guess the the underlying insecurity that I have now, and I bet most entrepreneurs have is, you know, I don't have anyone to keep the business running. Right. Um, and when you talk about success, one aspect of success is is being able to step back and everything is running properly the Mm -hmm. ideal situation is i'm you know i'm creating new content i'm taking i'm expanding the the role that new york adventure club has but it shouldn't depend on me to to keep the keep it going keep the you know keep the machine running so that's why i think the bar keeps getting set higher and you're you know you're never completely satisfied but sometimes you do have to look back and say oh well back then when i first started i was like it will be successful and i can leave my job and I did leave my job as like, oh, I'm not successful. Like I need to be able to you know, do this and that. So I think a lot of people, myself included, didn't really know that this could be a career choice. So uh, just talking about being a social events organizer, what does that look like? What does it look like to create a memorable experience from start to finish? You know, first comes the discovery of the location or the, the individual itself. So sometimes I create a I'll go on Google Maps and say what neighborhood have I not been down or what streets have I not been down and I will physically walk those streets that neighborhood uh, you know just seeking out interesting things that you might not that maybe I didn't hear about or that you wouldn't find on Google Maps cold calling people if I stumble upon an article about something interesting I can take that next step and say oh where's their phone number where you know what's their email address that's what I like about New York Adventure Club, or one of the things I really like about it is that it's a rare opportunity where I can approach anyone and have a reason to. So I have a reason to walk into a place and be able to, you know, speak with someone who's in charge, uh, argue my point to, you know, collaborate in some way. And then uh, referrals from current members, friends, or networking. Mm-hmm. These, that's Those are the big ones because it's a, it's a business of relationships. Sure, it, are, you know, it is an events company, but you know, to get those events on the on the calendar, create that collaboration, it required myself and you know the other parties to you know to come to an agreement, and so that's you know, that's a lot of the a lot of the job is 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 creating that trust, uh, and then you know once you have created that trust and you do execute the event, it's then okay, how do we prove it? How do we keep it going? And then that that falls into the business part of it, right? How do we keep it? Can we repeat it once a month? If it's really popular, can we do it more often? It's kind of like that back and forth, you know, an event is very popular. Of course, I'd love to try to repeat it more. But, you know, sometimes they might say, oh, sorry, we only can do once a month. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For you, what makes a memorable experience? 
a lot of it comes down to storytelling, story of, of the place you're visiting. Now, if you're visiting a, a museum and you walk in, you say, wow, this is the most like beautiful building ever. Can you tell me about it? And then they say, oh, it was built yesterday. Or it's not that interesting. Like, then it's like a walking to the Met and then saying, oh, actually, everything here is fake. And, and it's, you know, it's actually would be demoralizing. So yeah. uh, it's working with these locations or individuals to really tell that story. You know, so, for example, randomly, I found uh, the last seltzer factory in New York City mm. and I approached them and I you know, told them who I was and what I wanted to do. And one of their first questions was people would find this interesting. And I was like, are you kidding me? People find it so interesting. Uh, because, you know, yeah, when you walk in, it's, it's not some new factory with robotic arms. It's, you know, it's a fairly small, small space uh, with a lot of these like historic equipment and bottles mm-hmm. for this, the seltzer line. So I worked with them, you know, based on my experience with how other the other formats work to help build that story. So first is that introduction. Who's leading it? That's an opportunity for them to establish their authority you know, in that industry. And then it's the 101 in this case of the seltzer industry what like what is seltzer we knew it was big back then why is it not as big now and then going through the the factory itself and looking at all the equipment like how do you bottle seltzer and what are you doing here that's different from other seltzer factories and then you know a taste test both that education and interactiveness are those two two elements that really create a good experience so you know you had the education there and then the experience part where you're tasting different uh, store-bought seltzer versus their seltzer and then finishing with uh, an egg cream that also then integrates a social component i try to integrate a social component as much as possible uh, it's something that you know when i when i was still working at time and first two years of time inc after every event say hey if you want to join me, I'm going to this bar, this restaurant. Unfortunately, I kind of had to drop that requirement, and I've tried to create more events that have a social component integrated with it. And that way, more people will stay and chat and create, hopefully, friend each other, et cetera, because that's what really separates New York Adventure Club from someone else coming in and trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's, going to, it's going to rely on that on that social framework or social fabric of people's relationships being bred from your your organization. You know, we fortunately have a marriage uh, under the New York Adventure Club belt, so like two people met on an Adventure wow. Club event, and then eventually got married. So, <laughs> so if I got cool. our, we got our marriage. Uh, Amazing. You know, Amazing. Our marriage. Uh, you know, uh, other people have visited locations and said, "Oh, I really want to volunteer there, or I, you know, want to buy buy something there, or have my wedding there." Wow. Uh, and that's that's the fulfilling part because mm-hmm. it's yes, it's it's important to have a great experience at that moment, but really, you know, I want you to take take away something. And so when people take away a, a new friend or you know, take away a new uh, place that means something to them. Uh, you know, that's that's why you do it. And I would have fizzled out a long time ago if, if it wasn't for the people after these events. You know, when someone out of the blue messages you and said, you know, thank you so much for opening up that, that location, uh, allowing us to go into the seltzer factory. I grew up drinking seltzer, you know, et cetera. And, and now I'm ordering seltzer for my, you know, for home delivery. And, you know, it's, it's special to, to be able to connect people, you know, not just anyone, but people who live here. Yeah. Uh, and especially in New York or any large urban city, you know, it's difficult to create those those social networks. Uh, ironically, right? There's there's a ton more people, but it's actually harder to find you know find the people on your on your wavelength. Mm-hmm. Before New York Adventure Club, really, I was looking for that just by luck. Like I happen to be the one who started something that brought in people on the same wavelength. It's been kind of rewarding keeping mm-hmm. it going, and it's almost an obligation to keep it going uh, because it means something to a lot of people. And that's what and that's who I'm trying to really target, you know, people who want who are curious about their surroundings, who want to who want to learn 
who want to take advantage of their time and it's amazing how that individual is you know attracted to one location like if you on any given event you'll notice the similarities with interests and you know age uh, there's a lot of diversity like age is very diverse it does skew female and women are definitely more adventurous than (laughs) than men interesting yes that's uh, from day one (laughs) but in the end everyone who's there wants to be there and it Mm. creates a really uh, positive experience yeah that's awesome that you talked about your career happiness do you have any advice for someone who may be unfulfilled with their job or want to try out something new Definitely. I think you know, the first step is to get to know yourself. I feel a lot of people say, oh, my dream job would be this or dream job would be that. But I think they're just saying that or, it's, you know, they look at something and say, oh, that looks cool. Mm-hmm. But it's not it doesn't necessarily really define you. Just first have to learn your, your learn your interests and drop the drop the idea of being like a specific job role and focus on what are the things that you like. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know, when I was bored with the monotony of life, going to work, coming home, not really doing anything on weekends. I just tried out, hey, what happens if I check out a, a new neighborhood, try a, a hole-in-the-wall eatery, and then go into this historic location? And then I just became a, addicted to it. And I never saw it as a business. I just saw it as a fun, really fun thing to do, and I was getting a lot out of it. And so it just, you know, by chance, an event happened where it just got me thinking, oh, wait a second, this could be a business. So it's like the delayed light bulb. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, I mean, the people I talk to, entrepreneurs or follow a specific interest like they would kind of share that same feeling i think i think it's just important to get out and just do do as much stuff now i liked urban exploration legal urban exploration i should <laughs> i should mention but you know those are my interests mm-hmm. uh maybe you're into you really love theater well then go out and see as many shows as possible you like music go out to live music and if you go start doing it and you're like uh, actually i don't really like it then okay you just learn something a little, a little more about yourself maybe you right. like to you know, maybe you like to play music, but you don't really like to listen or, you know, or for the sport. Like you really like to play baseball, but you don't really like to watch it. Uh, so just understanding who you are, what your real interests are. And if years go by and you really haven't found something you have really gravitated toward, you could still look back and say, wow, I've, I, I've done a lot with my free time. I've met more people. I've gone on new experiences. Unfortunately, hopefully, like through that journey, you find something that really kind of calls to you and then you'll know. It's like love, right? Uh, it's like you just know, you know. As I was mentioning, yeah, before that feeling, like when actually I should back up when when everyone came into the group, I was I was I still wasn't even thinking about a business. And then I remember having drinks with my brother. I said, yeah, all these people came into the Facebook group. I'm gonna try to organize a tour or two. And then he said something along along the lines of, yeah, this is a I think this is a billion dollar idea. The next day he said that's a horrible idea. Uh, but, you know, that it's an ounce of like hope and confidence. Right. And it's amazing like, how that plays into every aspect of growing a business. And first, it's just that that encouragement. That then I saw in front of me like what this could become. And I knew it just had such such clarity about how this would grow. Now, I didn't know exactly what direction it was going to go in. But still, you know, you have you have your ultimate vision you know, for Adventure Club, it's, you know, to have a Adventure Club in every city. You know, I think every city suffers from a lack of physical community and a lack of experiences that speak toward that identity. Uh, but be- before I can do that, I need to really focus on on New York. And then, you know, at every stage, there's some, there's a new challenge that really all it needs is confidence to surpass. So if it's a new product or a new, a new event, I need to put time into it. I need to figure out what it's going to take to accomplish that and then see if it works. So Kind of going back, I go into tangents, I told you. <laughs> totally uh, but, you know, kind of go, going back to you know, you're miserable at work. 
then, you know, well, first of all, recognize that work pays the bills, you know, especially in New York, you, you need to have some source of in income, but hopefully you have free time to do something. So I know like watching Netflix, I watch a lot of Netflix, so <laughs> I'm, I'm very guilty, yeah. but it's amazing. Like if you didn't watch that, you know, eight hours of Narcos Mexico, <laughs> what you could do with that time. Right. Oh, I'm interested in this. Let me search it online. Mm -hmm. uh, or if I'd like to write, then like write. When the weekend comes, what you know, having a plan in place. And that's why I think a lot of people do come out to New York Adventure Club events. It's because I view it the same today as I did five years ago. It's a group of friends who want to do cool stuff, who want to explore, uh, but they're looking to me to organize it. That's 11,000, 100,000. It's going to be the same exact mentality at every point. Here, my friends, they are looking up to me to organize their their social life, make it more to make it better, more fulfilling, and they're willing to you know, pay some money to to do it. That's all it is. It's not not more complicated. I think that's so cool. Just the process and the journey you've had, and I think that's such great advice to just like know yourself before you go out and do. Yeah, it's not about a job role. I hear people say, oh, "I would really love to be a social media marketer." Well, mm -hmm. well, why? Mm -hmm. And then kind of boiling down why you like that and then focusing on core ingredients, right? right. What makes it uh, fulfilling? You're going to be doing it every day. Mm -hmm. You're going to be thinking about it every second. You're going to go through some serious challenges that are going to make you question if this is the right thing. But in deep, you know, at the end of the day, like this is what I want to do. And when you feel like that about anything, that's what will hope will drive me to that ultimate success because it's, you know, it's the grind. You want me to define success. Well, first is that it's that having that interest, but then, you know, pursuing it. Awesome. That's great advice. Thank you so much, Corey, for sitting down and sharing your journey and your story with us. Great. Thank you. Thank it's you. a pleasure. So now it's time for the debrief where we discuss our own perspectives on the interview and apply some of our own experiences and background to the conversation. Cordy William Schneider, what'd you think? That was you? so great. I just really liked his energy and it felt like he risked a lot going into the New York Adventure Club and mm -hmm. yet he like stuck with it and it's so successful and I'm just so happy when I see people's passions being lived out, you know? Oh yeah, you can totally hear it from his voice. And we were speaking to him before the interview and it's so heartwarming to listen and hear about his stories about how he was inspired to do this when he was still working at Time. And I don't even know any other clubs that are designed for urban exploration here in New York City. Yeah, I think that was what was so interesting. I was researching, you know, people to have on the podcast mm -hmm. and his name came up and I felt like we had to have him because mm -hmm. I was reading this story and it's it's so, so interesting. I think, first of all, just what he talked about in the interview, I guess in terms of some takeaways that I had, I think the first thing that really hit me was that he didn't quit his job right away. Like, I think we often get the perspective that, you know, you drop everything and then you go do the thing that you think that you're meant to do in life, which is true, but at the same time... He had his job at time, he was still making stable income, and then he transitioned into, you know, New York Adventure Club eventually, yeah. once it was more established. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. And to me, I think he completely transformed the concept of tourism and travel. You know, his ability to identify unknown spots around New York City and create guided tours in these locations is truly like giving New York City a complete makeover. Yeah, and I think it's so cool because, you know, he just wants the same thing that he gets in the experiences, right? So he wants yeah. to curate and create these memories for people that in a similar way to what he wanted because he yeah. didn't want to just sit around every week not doing things. He wanted to go out and explore and know the city and know different places in the city and and cool hidden spots in the city and that's 
I think it's so great that he's excited to have these same experiences for other people. That was one thing that I wanted to talk about too because I loved the way in which he started New York Adventure Club. He wanted to change the monotony in his life that he mentioned and I think that intrinsic motivation and drive to change who he was as a person and create these fun activities for other people is really encouraging. You know, it started from a Facebook page so in the sense there's this imagined community of adventure seekers but then when you sign up for the tours you physically meet the community and you understand that they also share the same interests as you which is fascinating and i think he mentioned that the feeling of finding your passion is similar to falling in love he mentioned yes it's just like you just know (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was so sweet yeah and i i agree with everything you were saying i think it's also really cool that through these experiences they actually have you know a wedding he mentioned who people met through new york adventure club so i think it's really great in bringing people together and like you mentioned these communities that maybe might not have existed but all these people in new york who just have very similar ideas of how they want to spend their time being able to come together i think he really creates an avenue for which these people can meet each other which is great yeah especially being students not from new york i think it was so exciting freshman year because we get to explore all of these tourist spots you know Times Square Broadway after a while it gets not as exciting as if you were to first step foot in New York City but Corey has found a way to make New York City more interesting than it already is and I don't think that was even possible just another takeaway I had was the advice he gave he said that to really get career happiness and to understand fulfillment in a career you have to know yourself first and what that entails is really dropping labels and titles and focusing on what you like and I think Mm. that's so important because especially at this time in our lives I think people always ask like oh what do you want to do with your uh, with your major what industry do you want to go into and they want specific titles or labels as to what it is but sometimes i don't know like is it not acceptable for someone to just be like you know what i really like i really like hearing people's stories and i really like connecting people Mm. we almost curate our own type of job based on the type of person we are i feel like that's much more valuable to know about yourself than to maybe know about one very specific career that you may or may not like. Right. I think that's really beautifully put because I find it so fascinating when we talk to all of our interviewees. It's almost in a way uh, whereby they have this autonomy to shape their own jobs based on their preferences, based on who they are as a person, their skills and their assets. So props to Corey for creating his own business about something that he's really interested in. No, I think that's so true. And I think... Another thing that really struck out to me is he mentioned, I think this was just more comforting, if anything, for Mm -hmm. me. He said it's okay to keep trying things. And even if you've gone through years and years of trying things and you still don't know, like, at least you could look back and say, look at all the things I've tried. Look at all the things that I know about myself now. Yeah. Um, And that's so comforting because sometimes, like, it feels like we're on a time crunch. It's like, okay, so this semester I need the internship. This semester, hopefully I'll be at this company. This semester, hopefully I'll be making at least this much Mm -hmm. this semester hopefully i'll be moving into a bigger apartment like i don't know yeah there seems to be like time restrictions but there really isn't deviating away from the things that you didn't enjoy from your experience you learn something about yourself from then and that's exactly what he was mentioning you should try everything that you want and if you seem like you don't like it then that's one thing that you've learned about yourself and as you keep progressing in life you just will find the optimum idea of what you want in life and who you want to be as a person Definitely, definitely. So thank you, Corey. That was so amazing. Yeah, Yeah, that was great. 
um, if you guys want to find out more about Corey and his work, check out his website, newyorkadventureclub.com or his Instagram at newyorkadventureclub. If you want to find out more about this program or listen to previous episodes, check us out on SoundCloud or Spotify at So What Do You Do or on our Instagram at SWDYD Podcast. If you want to get to know us more, follow us on Instagram at Arnell Ariana and at It's Just Joanna. We should go on a tour. Let's go to the Mark Twain tour. Ooh, that sounds so fun, right? Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in to So What Do You Do? I'm Joanna Yamakami. And I'm Arnell Ariana. Join us again next week for another episode. Bye.